hello, hello, and God bless you. Welcome to BlaineCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to encourage you to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blaine, and I certainly do count it a privilege and a blessing to be here with you on this episode number 73 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, we are back with our Nehemiah study, and we are up to chapter 9. We're going to finish that up today, and you do not want to miss this. So go ahead and take this opportunity to get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blaine encourages you, is coming to you with God's manifold mercies. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, as promised, we are back with our Nehemiah chapter 9 study. So we're going to finish up the second half of Nehemiah chapter 9. Before we do that, let's talk about what we've covered so far in the book of Nehemiah. We talked about overcoming people approval, the importance of gated living, what to do when we are attacked on the wall, what to do when we just get plain tired on the wall. That does happen. So how do we overcome that? And once God refreshes us, how do we get back to work on the wall? We also talked about confrontation. And sometimes when you're working with people, there has to be a discussion that happens when things are not going the way that they should. So how do we confront people in a godly way? So we chatted about that. We also learned how Nehemiah led or governed people versus bossing or managing them. That is a huge difference. That's a huge difference bossing versus leading. And because he led in a way that pleased God, they were able to finish building the wall. Now, on top of that, that covers the first six chapters of Nehemiah. Going to chapter number seven, now that the wall is finished, that doesn't mean the work is complete. There was a a gatekeeping aspect that happened in Nehemiah chapter seven, how the enemy still lurks Even though the work is done, how do we keep our eye gates, our ear gates, and other gates from being infiltrated by the enemy? We also talked about how to prepare to apply God's word. And that was in Nehemiah chapter 8. So after all the wall was done and everything was finished, the Israelites had to take a look back at the law to see where they were in terms of doing what God said. And we need to take a look at the word of God to see where we are and prepare to apply that. It's not enough to just hear it. We've got to apply it as well. So once the word of God was talked about and was reviewed, Nehemiah chapter 9, the first 15 verses that we covered last time, talks about how God was merciful and the Israelites knew the word, but they had a stiff neck. And that's what we call hard-headed when it came to actually applying the word regularly. So that's where we are. So as we finish up Nehemiah chapter 9, The Israelites continue recalling what God has done. Let's take a look at how they reacted. So let's go to Nehemiah chapter 9 once again. We're going to start at verse 16 and go into verse 17. 
All right, BCU family. So when we last left off, the Israelites, these people that the Lord have blessed tremendously were being hard-necked, hard-headed, stiff-necked. They were not heeding God's commandments. They refused to obey and really had forgotten what the Lord had done for them. Verse 17 says, but, but I love these turning points. God is a God that is ready to pardon, who's gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and did not forsake them. Even when they made a golden calf to worship that calf in the place of God. And that goes to Exodus chapter 38. So just very quickly, what happened here was, is that Nehemiah and his people were recounting when their fathers were in the wilderness. And at that time, of course, you know, God had brought them out of bondage, out of Egypt. And when Moses was conversing with God and, and getting laws and such and things like that, the people became restless and they felt like they needed something that they could worship, that they could see. So they melted their jewelry, everybody, and made this golden calf. And you can read about that in Exodus chapter 38. And they began to worship that calf and say that that's what brought them out of Egypt, knowing full well that it was the God of all flesh that did it. So what's amazing about this is that although the Israelites flew in the face of God, although they denied his presence and existence and bringing them out, although they did that, what happened was, is that God did not leave them to rot in the wilderness. He did not take away their cloud by day that guided them or their pillar of fire by night. He never failed to instruct them. He did not withhold manna or water from them. He blessed and kept them in the wilderness for four decades. That's 40 years. He made sure that they lacked nothing and their clothes stayed fresh. All right. They didn't get old and their feet did not swell. So that's Nehemiah chapter nine. And that takes us from verse 19 all the way to verse number 21. That's what God did. Yes, indeed. Amen. And on top of that, in verse number 22, God still. Now, remember, they were worshiping this golden calf. He still gave them kingdoms, nations and land, everybody. Yes, he did. Their children were multiplied like the stars of heaven. The Israelites were still brought into the promised land, although they disobeyed God continuously. They overtook cities. They got houses that were filled with goods. They had their wells filled with water, vineyards, olive yards, fruit trees in abundance. They ate. They were filled. They got fat and delighted in God's goodness. These are examples of God's manifold mercies in effect. And that takes us to verse number 25 in Nehemiah chapter 9. So verse number 26 starts off with the word nevertheless. Uh-oh, BCU family, nevertheless. So in spite of all that God had done, verse number 26 in Nehemiah chapter 9 says that the Israelites were disobedient, rebellious, 
cast the law behind their backs and killed the prophets who warned them to come back to God. So BCU family, as we apply this part of the lesson to ourselves, let's think back on how many things that God has done for us. Think about the provision, the protection, the healing, the comforting, you know, saving us, saving us, and so on and so forth. How many times during that time that God has blessed us were we disobedient to what God has said? Have we been rebellious to the word of God and cast it away in favor of doing what we felt was right or what we wanted to do? How many prophets, be it your pastor, that mother at church, a friend, or perhaps even a stranger, did we kill with a look, with silence, or even our words when they warned us against going against what God said? God blessed and kept us through that whole entire time that we were doing those things, and that's an example of God's manifold mercies in effect. Now, what I will say, BCU family, and what's evident in the word of God is, is that when God promises to do something, he will keep his word no matter what we do or do not do. Know this, though, know this, that there is a penalty for disobedience. There's a penalty. And verse number 27 of Nehemiah chapter 9, God allowed the Israelites to be delivered into the hand of their enemy due to their choice to stiffen their necks and to disobey God. When they cried out for relief in God's manifold mercies, he did deliver them. Now, verse number 28 lets us to know that after that deliverance, the Israelites, they straightened up for a while. Yeah, they did. But then they turned to evil again. And God left them to the enemy to have dominion over them. There is a penalty to disobedience. God will bless you and he will keep you. There is still a price to pay when we willfully sin against God. All right. So yet the Israelites cried out once more and God delivered them, not just one time, but many times according to his manifold mercies. God convicted the Israelites and wanting them to listen. So he sent prophets. He sent people to talk with them. Yet they were proud. They hardened their necks. I am telling you, BC, BCU family, the hardened necks, they continue to make a comeback. And the Israelites would not listen no matter who told them, no matter who came by, no matter who tried to convince them to come back to God and to listen. Time and time again, they continue to willfully sin. And time and time again, they were delivered into the hand of the enemy because of their choice to sin. Nevertheless, all right, nevertheless, in verse number 30, nevertheless, and going into verse number 31, for God's great mercy's sake, he did not consume the Israelites, nor did he forsake them because he is a gracious and merciful God. Once again, verse 31 says, 
that because of God's mercy, he did not consume or forsake the Israelites because he is a gracious and merciful God. So as we take a look at verses number 32, 33, 34, 35, and down into verse number 36, what's happening is, is that the Israelites are starting to realize that although they were in the promised land that God had given them, and they had all these vineyards and olive yards and all of these wonderful things, that they were servants in their own land. Yes. So what happened was, is that they had kings that were over them and they had to pay these kings tribute or excessive tax. So whatever the king said that they had to give, that's what they had to do. On top of it, of course, the king had people that reported to him and those reportees, if you will, had dominion over the Israelites, dominion over their bodies and their cattle. And it put the Israelites in great distress. They didn't like that. So verse 38 in Nehemiah chapter 9 concludes where the Israelites finally get it. And what they want to do now is to repent from what they've done and make a covenant with God to start doing what he says to do. BCU family, I've got to tell you that we are not unlike the Israelites at all, if we're honest, as God in his manifold mercies continues to bless and warn us, we will often continue doing what we want to do, what we like to do, not realizing or caring that there is a cumulative cost to our actions that go against what God says. And to that end, there is a payday coming. Sin always keeps its price hidden until it's time to pay. And that payment can cost you in time, money, missed opportunities, and even your life, your eternal life. So rather than taking God's mercy for granted, Let's take advantage of the mercy that God has extended to us today by repenting and promising him with his help that we will willfully, that we will stop willfully and stop continually going against God's word. Slip ups are one thing. It's the willfulness and it's the continuality, if you will. Not sure if that's a word. We've made it one today that gets us into trouble. Nothing, BCU family, on earth should keep us from heaven. Amen? Amen. All right, BCU family, so that concludes Nehemiah chapter 9. I've got to say to you that there was some conviction here for me Oh my goodness, but I thank God for it because it's his goodness that leads to repentance and in his manifold mercies, what he does is that he warns us because he's that good and that wonderful and he wants to convict our hearts so that we turn from what it is that we're doing, 
so that we can be more like him. We want to mature and grow in the grace of God. So we will no longer take his mercy for granted. It does endure forever. It is not extended to us forever. We have to get things right while we still have time, BCU family. So let's do that today with God's grace. So listen, we plan to wrap up the remaining chapters of Nehemiah the next time that we're together. We're getting to the end of our Nehemiah study. So I'm hopeful that you're excited for the conclusion of our Nehemiah study. I know that I am. And in the meantime, as you reflect on God's mercy and what we talked about today, I'd love to hear what you took away from this particular post. So please leave a comment in the designated section below on the blencouragesyou.com site. Or if you happen to be listening to this on any of the various places that we are, leave a comment there as well. As a reminder, if you have not subscribed to the bcu.com site, it's a good time to do so. I'm just saying, it's free and it's a great place to get the encouragement, inspiration, and information that you need based on the Word of God. Additionally, you can check us out on the daily because we are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and we're also weekly now on YouTube with our Word of the Week. And finally, you can also listen in and subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher Radio, on Google Play, or on iTunes, and on SoundCloud on top of that. So there are lots of vehicles to get to blankcouragesyou.com. Choose whichever one works best for you and meet us here. All right, BCU family. So this is Blend from blendcouragesyou.com getting ready to sign off and wanting to thank you so much for stopping by. We certainly appreciate you and cannot do this without your prayerful support. So until the next time that we are together, may God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you and give you peace as you stay on the wall. Lord will. We'll see you next time.